God says, do not be afraid, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. My name is Kendrick Weber Sullivan. I usually go by Rick. I have several unique things going on with my name. This is one of the fun facts that I often use for icebreakers, so if we ever do an icebreaker together, don't forget it. I expect you all to know it. I have three last names. Okay, so maybe it's more appropriate to say three family names. But Kendrick is my mom's family, Weber is my dad's family, and Sullivan is our family. That's one of the unique things about my name. The other is that when I was young, and I don't know how young, but my mom tells me this story occasionally when she's feeling bad about all of the mistakes she's made in raising me. Um, I got an ear infection, and the doctors actually figured it out pretty quickly, but as a result of the ear infection, I ended up um, with a lot of wax buildup in my ears. And my mom didn't realize right away, but eventually it got to the point where she's like, he's not really responding when I say things to him, like, what's going on? So we went to the doctor and they figured it out, and I got some very unpleasant bubbly ear wash that we had to do every night, and I'd sit and lay with my head down and drop the bubbly stuff into my ear. It was not my favorite time of the night. But so because of when this all happened, I kind of, um, my speech patterns developed more slowly uh, to the point that I had to do speech therapy when I was in preschool. One of the letters that I had the most trouble with was the R sound, which is terrific, right? Because my name starts with an R, so it's one of the ones that I need most often. So I get through speech therapy and start going to school, and you know how it is. The school rosters always have your full name on them, and you go through that whole, so what do you actually go by thing? Um, Rick, Greg, Rick, Rake. Rake is something that people often think that I said, and I have no idea why you would think Rake is a name. <laughs> it's beyond me, but I got it often. Drake, Eric, Reg, lots and lots of these things that people misheard through no fault of their own just because I was still learning how to, you know, say my name and get the sounds right and all of that. Needless to say, the beginning of the school year was not my favorite time for this reason. Um, and it's especially bad when I talk on the phone, so it carried through even through like middle school. Um, when talking on the phone, people would be like, it would take several minutes to get my name. Um, not a very fun experience. So in our passage from John, we have some people who come to find out who John is. And it's important to note who these people are. They're the Pharisees, the legal experts, the religious experts from Jerusalem. So these are the people who have power. They're the people who say who can do what, 
and when it can happen, and um, the people who later on cause a lot of problems for Jesus. So they're coming, and they're questioning John on what his name is. And they go through this whole cycle. Are you the Messiah? And it says John didn't lie. He didn't say, I'm the Messiah. He said, no, I'm not. Even though it may have uh, made his life a little easier if he had just gone with, yes, I'm the Messiah. In the same way, my life might have been a little easier if I just went with Greg or Eric or whatever else, Rake. Um, are you Elijah? I think Elijah is the second name. No, I'm not Elijah. Are you the prophet? No, I'm not the prophet. You're not the Messiah. You're not Elijah. You're not the prophet. Why are you doing what you're doing? Now, so going back to who's asking him these questions, they're the, pro the, um, the people in power. They're seeking to hold him in his correct position in society by naming him. They're seeking to stop him from doing what they don't like by saying, you can't do that. That's not your name. I can think of two ways that we still live this out in the world today. One of them is really kind of present in my mind because I've been in North Carolina um, up until the summer, and I don't know how much you pay attention to the news, but um, House Bill 2 and excluding trans individuals from the wrong gender bathroom has been a topic that's been prominent in North Carolina politics. So trans individuals have become much more outspoken and people are talking to them and about them and concerning them. And when you talk about people, you use pronouns. And this is politics, so there's people in power. And they are, I would say, though I've not spoken with any of them, so I might be wrong, consciously choosing and refusing to use names and pronouns that the trans individuals identify as, as a way to assert their power over the other as a way to say, no, you're wrong. This is not your choice. You're out of your place. I'm the one with the power. You're going to do and say and act the way that I think you should. And this is how I'm going to show you. I'm going to call you she if you're he. And call you he if you're she. No matter how many times you tell me, no matter what you actually look like, regardless of anything, because I have the power and you don't. So that's one example. The second, which has been a part of our history as a nation, is slavery and the way that we treat prisoners. Over the summer, one of the things that I did was spent a lot of time watching Netflix. Way more time than I should have, but you know, there's good things on Netflix. One of the things that I watched was um, 
the remake of Les Miserables, which I'm just going to call Les Mis because I can't actually pronounce the French. Um, I've never read the book. I've not seen any of the plays, so I'm basing this all on the Anna Kendrick version. But it starts with this fantastic scene of Hugh Jackman in the prison chain gang with a competing uh, song between him, Jean Valjean, and um, the prison guard whose name is escaping me at the moment. Um, yes, that one. Yes, thank you. I didn't quite catch it, but yes. So he's singing over here, prisoner 24601, over and over and over. Prisoner 24601, prisoner 24601, prisoner 24601. And Jean Valjean is singing his name, Jean Valjean. Should I be whatever in prison because I stole bread to, to feed my family and like, you get this identity forming between his name and the competing identity that Javert, is that his name? Yes, thank you. Just loud enough that I caught it. Uh, is imposing on him, saying he's, he's not even good enough to have a name. And this also, as I said, relates to, to slavery. Um, there's um, a tradition, you might call it, among slave owners of naming um, slaves that were in a certain position, like the housekeeper might be Sally. And no matter how many times the housekeeper changed, the housekeeper would always be Sally, because that's easier than learning somebody's name. Uh, because then they're not a person, they're Sally the housekeeper. And it doesn't matter what, how I treat Sally the housekeeper, she's just Sally the housekeeper. She doesn't have kids, she doesn't have a family, she doesn't have a life, she's Sally the housekeeper, and that's her whole existence. So moving on from who's come to question John, we get John's response. I put the paper away, but he effectively says, this is who I am, this is what I'm called to do. He doesn't actually say I'm John, he says I'm the one who's come to announce the coming of the Messiah or something to that effect. And this is what I do, because this is who I am and who God has called me to be and what my name is. Because John knows who he is and what his name is and how he identifies, he's able to resist this imposition of power from the outside, this imposition of you are not the Messiah, you are not Elijah, you're not the prophet, so sit down and shut up. John says, I'm not the Messiah, I'm not Elijah, I'm not the prophet, I'm going to speak out louder. Because John knows who he is, he knows what he's supposed to do. Because John knows who he is and what he's supposed to do, 
He knows who and what he is as a child of God. But it's not just about the interior, knowing who you are and being confident and secure in that. This is one of those wonderful passages that combines both the interior and the exterior, the personal and the communal. Who you are calls you to do something. Who you are creates relationships. Who you are calls you to action. It may be different action for all of us. Very few of us have the exact same name as anybody else. And even if you do, I'm pretty sure you probably emphasize different parts of your name, pronounce it differently. It still becomes who you are. Maybe you emphasize this vowel instead of that one. Maybe you, I don't know, there's any number of ways linguistically that you might change your name. But it's because of who you are and your experiences and how the world shaped you and how God created you. And that means that your action might be different than mine. Even if you're Kendrick Weber Sullivan and you go by Rick, maybe you didn't have the same trouble with your name that has made you not like to speak up in crowded situations where you have to introduce yourself and risk being called Rake or Greg or Drake or Rag or <laughs> Eric. Eric was actually my favorite because it's somewhat close and it's easy to say. You just slightly misheard me. Just drop the E. So if we know who we are and we know our name and we're taking action, what does that look like? What does that call us to? I think it calls us to resist those who are in power who are trying to force others into their view of the world. And I think that's what, why this passage pairs so well with the, the passage from Isaiah. Um, it goes by kind of quickly, but there's a section in the Isaiah passage that says, and they will be known, and they will be called, and they will be recognized as like this, this identity, this naming which leads into freedom for the captives um, and all of that. And that's what knowing who we are is. The knowing who are, we are is the personal, the interior, the, Wesley might call it the works of piety. The responding to that and working to create a world in which the kingdom of God is present, in which people are known by the name that they, um, they own, that God has given them, um, that Jesus calls them by, that um, is the only name they should be called, is bringing the kingdom of God present into the world, 
is the work of mercy, is the exterior, the communal component to our faith in this moment. And the church knows this. We've known it throughout our history. It's in our baptism. That's one of the things that is said. You're named by the pastor, the priest, the minister, whoever is baptizing you. You're named, and then you're baptized. Some of that has changed through history, and sometimes you get a separate name and a different name, but it's a naming and a recognition of who you are as a child of God, as a member of God's family, as someone who's going to fight the imposition of exterior names that push others down. So my challenge to you is to remember your name. Remember the name that you were given by God. Remember the name that God has called you. Remember your name. Figure out what that name calls you to do in the world. It may not look like what anybody else is doing. And that's fine. Your name is your name. What it calls you to is what it calls you to. That's why I love this greeting prayer that we used. I, oh, it got edited a little bit from where I remembered it. But the scripture it's based on is, I have called you by your name. Your name, not anybody else's. And you are mine because I have called you by your name. Do not be afraid, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. Live into that name. Protect the name of others. Bring about a world in which everybody is named as they should be, as they are. Use the pronouns that somebody desires you to use. If you ever end up visiting a prison for whatever reason, ask what whoever you're visiting wants to be called. It may not be their prison number, amazingly enough. It may not be their full name. It may be a nickname. It may be a name that they remember from their childhood. It may be a name that takes them back to their innocence. Amen. I invite you to stand or sit or lay down and join your voice in our next hymn, When God Restored Our Common Life, which is uh, in the faith we sing, number 2182.